What is the latest, everyone, and welcome to episode number 100 of the In the Paint show presented by Ball is Life. Your hosts, Devin Ugland and Ronnie Flores, here with you, as always. And Ronnie, high school basketball in Southern California, sanctioned high school basketball, I guess as we could say, or CIF season is finally complete. Uh, the open division regional semi, or the open, to re, open division regional SoCal final uh, was decided last Saturday, and Etiwanda beat Torrey Pines 65 to 62. I was at that game. Uh, you know, great high school basketball game, but for me, Ronnie, um, the season kind of, you know, it dragged a lot and we're going to have uh, a couple guests on later who are going to, you know, discuss that a little bit and, you know, how they were able to, uh, go over to section seven and get some college looks, but you know, it was a good high school game. It was a good way to cap off the season, but the season went long, man. The season went yeah. long. What are your overall thoughts yeah. about uh, that? The whole, the whole, you know, spring, summer high school basketball season. Well, yeah, I, I thought that. Uh, I'm glad they got a season in, some type of season. Did it go a little too long? Yes, I would say it went a little too long. Um, I, I mentioned to some coaches we were talking about it, and they said, uh, you know, we could have started a little earlier. And I think that's the sentiment. Like, we, even a couple weeks would have been a different. Again, if there was no let them play type of movement in lawsuit, would there have been a season, Devin? Probably not. You know, I don't see it. But it. I'm glad it happened. But yeah, you know, some Etiwanda, I believe, played fourteen games. Eleven and uh, did they go either? They either went 12, 14, and Twelve and yeah. two or thirteen and two. One of those two. Thirteen yeah. and two, fifteen games. So you got them playing fifteen games. They're the regional champs, like you said, and Tory Pines and 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 Damian, who Damian played in the regional semifinal at a game we both went to. Um, Damian lost in the regional semifinal. They played thirty games, so that that. That portion, you know, and some LA City schools, uh, Fairfax, I think, went eight and four, the semifinalists, and they played in the regional. They went eight and four. You know, Westchester went about eleven and two, twelve and two. So that the, the the range of how many games people played, it should have been just a, a set amount of games, and maybe got into the playoffs a little a little sooner, and uh, didn't really need a week between the sectional final. And the last pool play game in the open, it, it didn't need a week off. Just play the next game, you know, get into it. So, obviously, we can criticize it all day, but there's no point. I mean, there's no point in doing that. But they got through it. Uh, baseball's still going on, amazingly. I know a bunch of teams opted out, Devin. I don't know if you followed that a little bit. Yeah. but And, and I, I don't blame them. We're already at June, what, 20th, 22nd? 24th, man. Yeah, we're, it, that's – you know, it, it, people got to move on. School's been out for three weeks for some people months. So, Etiwanda, ironically, again, go back to last year, 2019-20 season, Devin. They lose in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, they were up 11 with two and a half minutes to go. And then Sierra Canyon doesn't get to play in that final, right. you know, after that miraculous comeback. Well, Etiwanda finally gets over the hump. They were 0-5 in regional finals. They lost in 218 to Sierra Canyon as well at the Pyramid, a game me and you were at. And now they don't get to play in the state final. It's just ironic. Like, they don't, yeah, they don't get to play in the state final. There is no state finals. We know there's no um, playoffs up north. Only the Central Coast section played a section open, and then they stopped. That was Midi versus Archbishop Reardon. Midi went on to play in Section 7. They didn't have to drop out of no regional their season was over after the section level 
Um, Mitty did a good job, and Mitty was in one of the divisions. They went to the final. We'll talk a little bit about that later. They There was like 11 divisions, I believe, at Section 7. Uh, overall, really great event. Really positive feedback just from the, you know, the way the event went. And, you know, overall, the just it was at uh, State Farm Arena in Glendale where the Arizona Cardinals play. Big production. A lot of uh, moving parts. But the teams were, you know, played well. And got a chance to play in front of a couple hundred college coaches, at least at the D1 level and obviously at the lower level as well. We'll go over that as much as we can. But, yeah, to close the point on the season, you know, very interesting. Um, Division 1, AA, the regional actually was doubled, eight team brackets in, in the CIF regional. And with that being said, you know, one AA went to St. John Bosco. And it was very pretty evident that Rebay Academy, based on the seedings, was going to have a chance to go to the final. Uh, and they did go to the final, and, and Bosco won that division. Uh, Devin, I think you kind of followed a couple of the lower divisions pretty close. Santa Fe Christian came up in division. Was that 1A or was that 2AA? That was 1A, I believe. Green Lutheran and Green Lutheran Santa Margarita in a, the 2A, yep. right? All yep. Orange County final. And then Santa Fe Christian won 1A. They beat uh, Capistrano Valley, yeah, in 1A. Yeah, so great job by Santa Fe Christian. They kind of just uh, beat three higher-ranked teams in in their region in 1A. 1AA featured a lot of the topper teams, top-tier teams that didn't make the Open. And um, obviously, Birmingham got put in the Open as winning the LA City. Torrey Pines got put in the Open. They got a bye. Birmingham played Sierra Canyon. Sierra Canyon lost to Etiwanda. Very interesting. They lost at the same score to Etiwanda that they beat them by in the last pool play game to get in the final against Corona Centennial. That's the big game Corona Centennial wanted to win was the Southern Section Open Division final. They did, and then they made the decision as we had Coach Josh Giles on our episode 99. He talked about that decision was made a long time ago, not during the beginning of the Open Division, like that, oh, we might win this. Let's, 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 let's not go to Section 7. And that's what yeah. you said. You know, they they made that decision. That's the big win they got. I, I'm sure uh, our guests will share some of those sentiments, what they thought, and obviously some of their recruiting. But um, big night for Corona Centennial on that Saturday night, Devin. Um, I'm sure they were following that Torrey Pines at a Wanda game to some extent. I don't know if they were able to watch it or, you know, maybe see a stream or, or watch it on Valley Sports. I am not sure. I don't think so because they were in Arizona, but we'll, we'll find out. But yeah, sure they followed it. And once that was Saturday night, and they were in a semifinal game of their own. And uh, you know, Corona Centennial played Durango. Interesting day for Durango has a very good team. Sebastian Mack had a good tournament. I'm sure his recruiting's picked up. Um, the guard from Durango High School, who you've watched many times, Devin, and went to yeah. four overtimes. And Devin, just because it was a live evaluation period, you know, some of the guys would just say, okay, one overtime and maybe sudden death on the second one if it goes. No, right. they played the four, they played the four overtime. That's good. The closer yeah. the closer these games are to real high school games, uh, yeah. the, the better it is for college coaches to evaluate. And we we are yeah. we all know that already. Uh, 
Let's let's jump back into kind of Dave Kleckner, Ronnie, real quick before our guests uh, jump on, which are Kylan Boswell and Jared McCain, uh, two of the kind of hotter names on the recruiting boards uh, across the country. Sure. Corona uh, Centennial High School. But um, I sent you the interview I did with Kleckner. You asked me to interview him real quick just so you could yeah. have some things to go on um, for your your final, you know, California high school right. rankings or Cal high yeah. sports. Um, did you listen to the whole thing? And yeah, I did. Okay, and, and did anything stand out to you? Because one of the things that stood out to me was I asked him, you know, how, how good it was to get over the Sierra Canyon hump because they, have, they had lost yeah. to him so many times in a row. And then if he was disappointed or if it stung at all, that after winning his first Southern California regional and getting a crack at a state title, he's not going to be able to get a crack at that state title. And he said no. He said, he said you know, he's taking the season for what it is. And he's happy with you know the outcome and what they were able to do this season. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I listened to that, and he said he did mention last year. Um, and and Devin, that that's they've had a lot of time to marinate on that. They've had a lot of time to sit on that. That had to hurt. That's one of the most devastating losses. If I'm looking at it from the perspective of the team that lost, that I've ever seen. You know, mm-hmm. in the last. 25, 30 years, even when I was a kid or just saw as a, as a spectator, as a kid or any high school game that, that was to be on the losing end of that game was probably pretty devastating for some of those players. The way it happened, obviously, Jemai Meshack, who's at Tennessee now, was on that team. A few other guys, obviously, they graduated some guys like Cameron Pierce, but some of those guys were able to come back to help this team. And that was definitely in their back of their mind. I, as Kleckner mentioned that. He said, you know, we, we uh, it was devastating loss. Um, they, they've lost in a regional final before, as I mentioned, but the, 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 the way they did that. So for them to get over the hump, to have that motivation, that was uh, really good to see from their perspective. And here's what I thought, honestly, Devin, is if Etiwana got over, beat Sierra Canyon, which they did, they were going to be totally loose. They were going to play, quote, unquote, with house money, all the pressure – swings back towards Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines is 30 and 0. They're trying to set history, trying to go down as one of the best teams in in San Diego County and San Diego section history. Obviously the San Diego section started around 1960 and then they they got into the playoff their own playoffs a few years later. You know, separating from the southern section. I don't know if you knew that Devin. a lot of almost all the San Diego teams were in the southern section at that time. Um so then they they broke off into their own to their own section, and obviously we started the state tournament in 1982 with every section in it. And in 1982 till now, no San Diego team had ever been in the major division, Division One Open slash Open Final until this Torrey Pine. So that's a lot of that's a hell of a team, and that's a lot of pressure too. You got to win, yeah. where the other team is like, hey, we just beat Sierra Canyon. Let's just go in there and play basketball. I don't know. You were there, Devin. What oh, did yeah. you notice any of that? In the in the first half, uh, they were playing loose. They were hitting threes, and yeah. you know, at, like Etiwanda, as we know, is is not the best or most consistent three point shooting team. Sure. And they hit seven threes in the first half. All good looks, all driving kicks, really good offense. But as we know, with 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 um, Tory Pines and uh, uh, Etiwanda, Etiwanda goes through scoring slumps Plunk. or scoring, you know, Plunk. yeah. Uh, you know, minutes or or even you know a quarter where they score you know a handful of points, and that's kind of what happened in that in in that third and fourth quarter was they they took a nineteen point lead. Ronnie Etiwanda did in the third quarter. 
And all of a sudden, man, the tide just kind of changed. And Torrey Pine started battling back, hitting shots. Nick Herman, really great player, uh, big time. You know, he, he had bone cancer and missed an entire year, uh, came back, and he was just spectacular this season. Um, and in the game, he was spectacular. He had over 20 points, and he, yeah. he led a, a comeback effort. And it came down to, you know, a final possession type of game. And Etiwanda just, you know, uh, I think I put posted a video on my Twitter of the final play. Uh, Nick Herman was coming yeah. around a little uh, a screen up at the top uh, so to the right, right to the right wing. Yep. Yeah. And he, he just slipped, man, just slipped. And they couldn't get a shot off. And that was kind of the end of the game. 65-62 was the final. Uh, big game from Jemai Meshack. Uh, big game for Torrey Pines from Chris Howell going to St. Mary's. He, he had, you know, his impact – as a, as a passer initiator, you know, IQ guys is, is underrated at, at various levels of high school hoops. Um, but shout out to Tory Pines, Nick Herman, a uh, great effort from, from those guys down there. Um, and shout out again to Jemai Meshack and, uh, you know, Darvell Wyatt left the game early. He got hurt. So hopefully it's nothing serious. And, um, Marcus Green, another, another huge performance as he's had many throughout the playoffs, Ronnie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Marcus Green. Um, yeah. you know, those guys, uh, Meshack, and Marcus Green had 20 apiece against Sierra Canyon. And then Green had 22. And Meshack had 21 um, against Torrey Pine. So I wanted to go over real quick how that left all this, shook, shook all this out from a national perspective. So Centennial moved up to number one in the state. I guess the reasoning is, is they beat Sierra Canyon. Um in a sectional title game in the previous number one, which is Torrey Pines lost. So obviously with Torrey Pines um, losing to Etiwanda and Etiwanda beating Sierra Canyon, it made sense. So I guess the main thing was what to do with Sierra Canyon and Torrey Pines. And the way it came out was that uh, Centennial would be a one, uh, Etiwanda two, Torrey Pines three in the state, and Sierra Canyon four. Well, Sierra Canyon did split with Etiwanda, but they lost to Centennial in the game that was the big game that they want needed to win. Yeah. Whereas Torrey Pines beat Centennial. So that 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 was the, the main difference. And, and Torrey Pines advanced one round further in the regional and also won a section title. So okay. it made sense. That. Real quick, go, yeah, real quick, go through your 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 final California top five. Yeah, so the uh, rankings for California would be Centennial one, um, Etiwanda two, with the win over Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines three. Okay. Uh, Sierra Canyon four. Yeah. Damien five. Modern Day six because of their win in over Modern Day head to head, and then moving up would be St. John Bosco to seven. Now th that was also the, a point of contention there. Um, you know, did modern day deserve to be behind or below St. John Bosco? Well, at full strength, they, they beat them. The, the loss that hurts for Bosco is the loss to Santa Margarita because it cost them the league title. And obviously modern day didn't lose to Santa Margarita. They, they swept them. So because modern day won the league title, they split games, obviously. And we'll yeah. never know how good modern day would have been with, with Wilhelm Breedenbach, who's at Nebraska now, in the playoffs. Maybe they do just as well. Maybe they do better. Maybe they do 
go further. We we don't know. They lost in the first round, obviously, to Etiwana. Yeah. Um Bosco won there one double A to move all the way up. You know, and, and, and again, Rebay is right there. So that that's the top seven. And I okay. guess the team that would come in at eight from the state perspective would be Campolindo, which is universal number one in Northern California. They were at section seven. Campolindo, I could see, even though they lost uh, one senior, you could see why they did a good job. They lost to Bishop Gorman in the semifinal. We'll talk a little bit about that. 52-50 to Gorman. Bishop Gorman won their semifinal game to take on Corona Centennial. As we mentioned, they beat Durango well. Torrey Pines and Etiwanda were duking it out. Centennial's duking it out with Durango. Yeah. So Centennial moves up to number one in the state while they're in Phoenix. They're being watched by college coaches from all over the country. Then they they get into the championship game. So big night for that program. And the girls also won. Shout out to the Centennial girls, Devin. They also yep. won their open SoCal Regional on the same night or you know against Modern Day at the same time or maybe yeah. a little earlier in the day. They avenged a Southern Section open loss to Modern Day uh, on a buzzer beater, and, and they went to Modern Day and, and defeated the Monarch uh, girls team. Um, to win the you know SoCal regional yeah. final in the girls huge Open. huge uh, weekend for the Centennial, Centennial. program. Yeah. Uh, our guy Josh Giles, who was our guest last time, and, and Devin, in over a hundred episodes, we've had some great guests. I got to talk. We yeah. got to talk about that. You know, Sonny yeah. Vaccaro, uh Harrison Barnes, um, Ramogi Huma, who's talked all about the name, image, and likeness, and all the uh, legislation across the country that's happening now with the NCAA. That's a, that's going to be a big um, talking point for the next probably year all across sports. So mm -hmm. shout out to him for giving us the insight. Again, I've known him for over 20 years, and he, he got that thing started 20 years ago. So yep. very interesting. Shout out to all our guests, and shout out to our guests who are going to come on now. They have obviously had a big week. They've seen their recruitment pick up, um, and they were happy, I'm sure, to win. They uh, went on to beat Bishop Gorman. Uh, you could go to ballslife.com and check out my recap. I, I recap what I saw a little bit in those top brackets. We mentioned Mitty uh, a bit. Uh, Mitty lost to St. Augustine in that. I would call it the second bracket. They had names, Devin. Um, All About People was the top section seven bracket. And the second bracket was the June, Juneteenth bracket. So yeah. obviously we just passed June 19th. Obviously that's a federal holiday now right so it is, that was it one is. Of the brackets st augustine uh besides uh they lost one star i think st augustine's gonna be very good next year devin yep. um yeah they got a lot of young talent they got a lot, yeah, of, young they had a lot of young talent uh did Mitty loses pepperdine bound mike mikey mitchell Derek sangster their sophomore wing is a name that people are gonna be talking about that's buzzing he had a great tournament um the st augustine saints yeah. Coach Mike Pop has a great team. Uh, Ian De La Rosa, 224. He just had a monster game, went off at the right time, Devin. 40 points, five three pointers, seven rebounds, five steals versus Mitty. 78 59 victory. I mean, yeah. that's the time to do it. And he had, he had a great tournament. A lot of 224s had a great, a lot of 224 stepped up. Again, after we have our guests on, we'll, we'll um, go over some of those names, Devin. I'll just rattle them off. You know, obviously, I saw. I mean, 50 teams, I would imagine. I, I don't even know how many. I wasn't socializing so much. This I was really watch, trying to really watch 
You not socializing? If you guys see yeah. me moving around on this on the on the camera, it's because I'm sending the links over to Jared McCain and Kylan Boswell yeah. to get them on here. Um, yeah, no problem. Let's uh, you know, again, thanks for listening, guys, to the End of Paint show for a hundred episodes. Uh, we're on our hundredth, and we're trying to get our guests on. Obviously, uh, you know, we're trying to um, bring bring the best in in high schools basketball, all levels. But that's what we focus on in recruiting. People want to know who's going. Where, who's looking at whom, whom we've seen in in these uh, you know months to come. And Devin, it's been a very uh, Jared. Hey, look at Jared. He's got he's got a podcast set up already. Look at it. <laughs> yeah. He's got the the Kobe Jordan All Star photo behind him. He, he's done That's this before. Yeah. <laughs> Jace, yeah. his brother Jace prepared him for this moment. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Jared, Thanks how for you doing, Jared? Good. I'm good. Just got back from practice. You guys just yeah, you guys just just keep it moving. You you designed the rings today. I, Ky, we're waiting for Kylan to, to hit the link and get in here, but you designed the rings today. How did that go? Was it fun? That was that was super fun. Yeah, we just designed the rings. We just got the ring sizing. We're getting the uh the triple XL. So it's gonna What's be that? What does that mean? There was like there was an XL, there's a double XL, and then there's a triple XL in sizing. Okay, got, like, the, like the face of it. All the, all the diamonds and nice. Yeah, look at him smiling about diamonds. Look at him. Look at that <laughs> too. Are so you are, did you guys like check out some NBA rings or like the Lakers last ring or something like we what? Did that like our, our football team state championship. Oh yeah, had some college rings. He had a college ring that was like that. It was a five X. Yeah, you guys was, should go. You guys should go to Matt Logan's office, the football coach, and be like, Coach, can I see one of your like yeah. rings? Like, what I'm does it look like have now? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, while we wait for while we wait for Kylan, Jared, um, kind of discuss just a little bit about this season and how how weird it was, how different it was to start so late and then play high school basketball until you know June. Yeah, like if, I mean, personally, I didn't think we were gonna have a season at all. And uh, when Coach Giles brought it to us, we were already playing with the Hoop Nation, which is basically basically Centennial. So when he came to us and told us we we're gonna have a season, it was kind of like very surprising, but. We all had to lock in, refocus, because my main goal, I have it written on my wall, both sides. I wanted to, I wanted to ring. I wanted to CIF championship. So we all, I told everyone we had to refocus and, uh, you know, do all our principles right. And to finish the season off with the championship, that was just, it was so, it was a feeling I can't really explain. It was just an amazing feeling. And to know all that hard work had paid off, all those two-hour practices, all just everything that we worked for, just, it all came true. So it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, that's a that has to be a great feeling to get over the hump. Now, you, I talked to you on sa- on Sunday after you guys won your division at Section Seven. Yep. You kind of mentioned that, um, you know, you didn't think you gelled. Obviously, early in the season, obviously, it was a crazy start. Yeah, uh, Tory Pines had a lot of games under their belt. They, you know, they did a good job. They played a lot of games, and they were cohesive uh, all the way through. Obviously, until they lost the last game, they had a great season. Obviously, Donovan uh, had a concussion or got hurt, and he had to come out of that game. But we're, tell the tell the viewers or listeners what you kind of thought you guys went through that game, and did, when did it start gelling for you guys that you got better? Obviously, you guys dropped that game. Yeah, I mean, coming into that game, we we had just played like some weak team. We played Great Oak, I think, and it was just I felt that was our first test, and we just weren't prepared. We weren't. We kind of were going off our Hoop Nation stuff still. We were, we were just kind of playing like an AAU team, not Centennial Husky principles. And it's not going to work against Torrey Pines. They're a really good team, really good, really well coached. So when we when we did that, 
it was just like a feeling we, we knew we had to get back to our regular stuff. So we kind of started that game was just terrible game, but uh, we got back to it. And I think we played Fairmont prep after that, um, which still wasn't our best game. We, I think we shot me and Kylan. I think we went like three for 17 or something. It was, it was, it was bad, but uh, at least we won the game. So, we started, we kind of only started to gel back, I would say, right before, right after league, I'd say, was we, when we started to go back to our stuff and what we really do at Centennial. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I was at that Paramount prep game, and it was ugly. It was an ugly game. Uh, you guys came out with a W, but uh, yeah. For but when you, you walked in, you were like, uh, you learned how to shoot this time. <laughs> that was I asked, worst, game, worst game to go to. <laughs> I asked I ask you that question whenever I see you. Do you know, learn how, every single time I see you? And, and you have. You have learned how to shoot because, uh, you, you know, you and Kylan, obviously, are two of the best, you know, young guards, young shooting shooters in, in you know, not only, you know, California, but the West Coast in general. Um, you guys were at Section 7. You you continued your winning ways. You, you beat uh, – who, who was that in the semifinal, Ronnie, again, in the four overtimes? Durango of Las Vegas? Durango. Yeah, Durango. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that uh, game was you guys beat, obviously, Seattle Prep. You opened with uh, Davis I'm, I'm, and then got by Seattle Prep in a tougher game. But then the Durango game on that Saturday was pretty nuts. Talk a little bit about that. And then, secondly, talk a little bit about were you guys following the Etiwanda Tory game at all? Like, just talk about those hours in, yeah. in that game and then the, the uh, Tory game. When we were playing, it was, I think, well, first off, the Durango game, that was – that was a crazy game in itself. But when we got to the second overtime, I remember we walked out of the huddle and like we had been there before. We went back to the Rebay game. We had already been here in double overtime before. Like this was nothing new. So I told everyone that and, you know, Kylie knew what to do. We all knew what to do. So then we went to another overtime. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, definitely a game that, you know, we, we we have experience on this team. But, you know, four overtimes is definitely something new. Just uh but yeah, the Etiwanda game, we were, we were, I was definitely, we got back to the hotel room. My brother was, uh, he had it on his phone. So we were all watching it in the hotel room. And, you know, we obviously wanted, we wanted Etiwanda to win. Yeah. But, uh, they were, Tory Pines had in that season, number one in the state. But Etiwanda was up, I remember, or Tory Pines was up, I think. And um, we were, I was getting a little nervous. <laughs> it was time for me to go to bed. But uh, yeah, we finally <laughs> pulled it out and, um, yeah, definitely a great feeling to know that we were the number one team in the state after that. Yeah, it was so Etiwanda had like a uh, a nineteen point lead in the third quarter, and Tory Pines, man, they just they just find a way to battle back. They're yeah. really like you said you said earlier you, you you said it perfectly a well coached team, and they execute what they do, and they don't give up. Um, but yeah, so you guys are paying a little bit of attention to that. Um, but you know, you guys opted out of the regional. Um, you you finished your season as the Southern section open division champions with a big win over Sierra Canyon, um, a team that you guys have played multiple times over the last couple of years. And obviously a team that comes with a lot of hype, a team that has a lot of, you know, highly recruited, highly regarded players. Um, how good did it feel to go into their gym in that game that was televised, you know, across uh, Southern California and beat them? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Cause I remember we walked into the gym and we got there really early cause you that was like a two-hour drive or something. Yeah, and we don't got, want to go late. Yeah, and we tried to go on the court, and I'm pretty. It was the athletic director told us we can't go on the court yet, and Dallas um, uh, was mad at that one. He came back in the locker room and told us we had to wait in the locker room for like 20 minutes. So we were all. He, he said it was home court advantage when it's supposed to be. <laughs> at, 
it's supposed to be at a neutral site anyways. <laughs> he was like, yeah. home court advantages. So we had to wait. So we were all upset after that. We all had motivation just to win off just off that. So coming to that game, we knew there was going to be hype. We knew, you know, when Drake came out, LeBron came out, I kind of figured Drake was coming. This, you know, <laughs> rapper right there. Watch you. Drake, Drake was coming to watch you, dude. Yeah, you yeah. Was, I, I, I hope. I hope he was. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to add Kylan real quick. There he is. There he is. Hey. Go ahead, Terrence. How's it going, buddy? So, um, yeah, that game, just we knew it was going to be a bunch of hype and, uh, you know, all the cameras there, but we knew just what y'all said. We had to focus on our principles and focus on what we have to do to win that game. Yeah. So, Kylan, we talk Sorry. about the Sierra Canyon game. Uh, Jared thinks that Drake came to watch him. What do you think <laughs> about that? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, when they first came in, I didn't even realize that they came in and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I, I was really locked in the game, trying to focus on getting this done yeah. for the Sierra Championship. Yeah, that Jared, makes sense. Jared was busy doing the celebrity sighting and right before the start. <laughs> they, of the- they called my name out at the huddle. They called Jared McCain. I was just started smiling at Drake. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the way to stay focused. But sometimes being loose like that helps. You know yeah, what I mean? That definitely helps me. You know, just being myself yeah. and just being just you know that actually helps. Yeah. I know Kyle yeah. is different. Kyle comes out. He's serious. That you know, yeah. I was <laughs> extremely locked in for this game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Drake. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, it's funny because they didn't win a game when he went. You know, when he went to the two games, they lost both of those games. So Great curse. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of funny. Kylan, uh, take us back. You're getting in the – again, it's been a crazy season. You have AAU that could have started. You have USA Basketball. Those those things are not going to move their dates. And just like Section 7 is was during the regional and you guys didn't play. Um. You kind of knew you were going to go to the USA 16 and under. You know, what did you tell your teammates? And then, like, Jared, maybe you could chime in, like, how you guys were going to try to win that game against Harvard-Westlake. It was on a Monday. It was kind of a Memorial Day. And then they, they dropped that game, Kylan. So, but talk about your opportunity, and then what did you tell your teammates? Like, come on, guys, we got to get it. Then, then when you came back for the second and the third game. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to leave my teammates. And I wanted yeah. to play the Harvard-Westlake game, but, I mean, Team USA is, like, a one-of-a-lifetime opportunity. So, I mean, I had yeah. to go and take it. Uh, before I left, I was telling them, you know, that last year they lost to Harvard-Westlake. Uh, I think it was, like, 0-3. And I hope, like, that was a motivational game, you know. And yeah. uh, we just came up short. And I came back, played with Damian, our day, we beat them. And then we got our chance with CIF, and we took care of what we needed to do. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. how much? How much uh, – oh, Jared, go ahead. Jared, go ahead and give yeah, us your thoughts on, on that. Oh, you know, especially with Paris, you know, I, I wanted to win that for Paris. We won three with them. It's, it sucks that we came up short. Fourth time, it's just – it's heartbreaking. That game was for sure personal, though, but we couldn't get it done. Yeah, for sure. Kylan had a little bit of, uh, of uh, connection issues here. Let me see if we can unmute him now. Kyle, you got you some weird me? noise going on in your phone. Yeah. <laughs> See if you, yeah, we'll, we'll mute you until you can find another spot. Um, but yeah, Jared, how, how cool was it to play in front of all those college coaches? We can get to Section 7 now. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously you've gotten offers from, from Kansas, uh, Texas Tech, uh, a bunch of other schools that uh, people can go on your Twitter and check out all the offers you received. But how cool was it to play in front of all those coaches in that kind of setting? Yeah, it was crazy because that was like my first time really 
like playing in front of the coaches like that. We I yeah. went go my eighth grade summer, but you know I wasn't really playing that much, just trying to get my spot on that team. So to play in front of those, it was kind of just like you know, it was like whoa, like I'm I'm really I'm really in front of all these coaches, and I'm trying to perform as well as I can. So it was like one of those feelings you just can't really get it back. So it was a great feeling, though. Yeah, there was a lot of coaches, Devin, as you yeah. know, a couple hundred. Um, obviously, you guys play in the championship game against Gorman. You guys get that done. Um, you know, you had uh, Kylan had 17 in the title game. You had nine. Uh, Donovan then had eight points. You guys added to that win, 84-64. But even more important than the scoring is you've been offered by Kansas, Louisville, uh, I think Texas Tech is in there with you. USC, LMU, San Diego State. Are those are those right, uh, yep. Jared? Yep, that's right. Who is that? Uh, maybe there's more. You know, that's just the ones yeah. that I came across. Yeah, yeah, New Mexico, yeah, LMU, U.S. San Diego State. You got them. Yeah, gotcha. And then obviously um, for 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 Kylan, you know, Kansas, Louisville, UCSC, UCLA. But it's funny. Um, I don't know if Kylan can hear this or not, but, uh, you know, he's kind of, people are like, oh, this guy, uh, he's come out of, he's great. He's the fastest rising player of the nation. Oh, he's so good. Like, he's been good. Where are you guys? Yeah. Like, he's been good. You know, but it's kind of like, just because you've seen him for the first time doesn't mean he's come out of nowhere. You <laughs> know what right. I mean? Yeah. It's like, he's, he had a good season. Like he's had a good freshman season. So it's it's very interesting. Did you guys kind of get a kick out of that? Especially with you two, it's like, oh, these two are the fastest rising players at this event. It's like, yeah, they are. Right, we're gonna we're gonna try Kylan again. We're gonna try Kylan yeah. again. Hang on one second. Hang on. Hang on one second. See, let's see if that weird noise has stopped yet. All right. All right. Is it making any weird noise? A little, uh, it's a little better. Let's let's try it. And okay. if, if if yeah, uh, we were just talking to Jared about Section Seven and all the playing in front of all the college coaches. And um, what that experience was like for him? What was it like for you? Um. Ooh, that's a. I mean, we know that going to second seven, all the coaches are gonna be there and stuff. Uh, you know, we. I kind of wanted to go to regional at the same time. I wanted my rematch with Tory Pines again, but uh, it was a good opportunity for the other guys who don't really get as much sick during the season. You know, get on the court, get scouted and stuff, and it was a great opportunity. Yeah, we kind of before you cut out a little bit, we're kind of laughing that people were saying you were the fastest rising player there. That oh, this guy is you know uh, moving up in all the rankings, and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, he should have probably already been on your radar. You know, did you guys kind of laugh about that, or like, what did you think uh, about yeah, that? Yeah, you know, seeing all, these, seeing all these rankings come out, seeing me and Jerry not on them, uh, new rivals list came out and stuff. It's just uh, people have their own opinions, and I'm fine with that. Uh, okay, so you're you're yeah. taking the high route. You're taking the nice route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we you just yeah, you know, sure. take it take it as it comes. It's, it's definitely yeah. that'd be funny. Right. I remember. I remember. I got a call, uh, Kyla, when you when you first like first week you moved here from uh, uh, Chicago. Uh, I got a call from Coach DeFabius about about a guy that he has, Kylan Boswell, um, and he needs to be at my camp. Ronnie, remember Kylan came to the camp. Yeah. At Beckman, and it was like, oh dang, this guy's re this guy's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we probably need to to track this guy. Um, but yeah, it, it was just really funny to see all the the fastest rising stock risers. It's like, no, these guys have have been here. They've been doing this for a long yeah. time. 
Um, but Kylan, you got a, you got a, a handful of, of offers just like Jared. Um, you know, obviously you're thankful for those, for those offers. Um, do you think those would have come regardless of if you played at section seven or if you played in the regional? Um, I definitely think that going to section seven was how we got our offers. Uh, uh, I don't feel we got the same amount of offers and stuff if we were playing in our regional. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it worked out for you guys. Like we talked about Jared. Uh, a little bit, I interviewed both of you at the event. It's like, hey, if you're at this event, you might as well win, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You might as well win games at the same yeah. time we're getting looked at, yeah. and it worked out. So, uh, man, yeah, just talk about that. Like, talk about Saturday night, finding out you guys were number one, and then winning Sunday, and then the girls also won. Just where were you guys' thoughts? Like, hey, we might we won this title too, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, our thing, our thought presses were just we might as well win this one while we're here. And just you know, get seen by the colleges as as we're there. So, and to see the uh, to know that we were number one in the state right after that, and then the girls win the next day. It was that was crazy. Just to know that the public schools we 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 were good over here. Like I feel like we get yeah. you know overlooked sometimes with the modern days and the Sierra Canyons. And to win to have both the girls and boys win the open division, it was it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you guys um? Like leave the gym real quick because I want to ask you like who else impressed you like maybe somebody from Gorman somebody from Durant obviously there's a bunch of players there some guys got a lot of scholarship offers but any other player like stand out to you that you either played against or that uh, that the oh. guard on Gorman I didn't know he was that young he's oh John Mobley Jr. Yeah, yeah. John, John really Paul Mobley yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um uh, my guy uh, Aiden Mahaney he's he's yeah. always impressed me he's he's been good since we were young uh, that's always. Yeah. From Capolindo, yeah. They lost to Gorman in a close game. Yep. 52 uh, 50. Yeah, John Mobley can really shoot. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. From, is he from the East Coast? Uh, I want to say he's from the Midwest. He, okay. he moved to Vegas uh, last year. Yeah. He did really good at some of those events in St. George. Uh, they were kind of like a um, showcase event, Pango showcase events. He was very good. Yeah, I never uh, put those, those, like those, I saw him at those like neo youth camps. I just never know if he's like really that good. But he's. <laughs> He's yeah, a, he's a, a, yeah, and he's 224. So yeah, he had six three-pointers in the first half in one of their games against um, Centennial, Arizona. Then he had, I think, six against you guys. But he did you guys nobody he didn't have any other field goals. You guys kind of um he only had the three, the six three-pointers. I don't think he had um any two-pointers or he didn't get in the key much. Yeah. I don't know what you guys if you guys game planned or you 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 knew much about him coming in. Yeah, I don't know much too much about him but uh i i kind of knew a little bit but I, we were just trying to see at that point so yeah we uh, yeah. So the, we play in the summer we're kind of just out there playing we're not really yeah. trying to focus too much on our plays or anything we're just out there playing so jared man we appreciate your time kylan's still making weird noises let's see if we can get him back in here for <laughs> a last a final comment before he gets out of here now you, yeah. you still got weird noises kylan we appreciate you you coming on man. <laughs> no problem um, i don't know why my phone's doing this it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, I'm sure you'll get a new phone at some point soon. Or, or um, yeah, we, we appreciate you guys coming on, man, and congratulations on all the uh, the great play, the great games this season, and the recognition over at Section Seven. Thank you, I appreciate Thank that. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, guys. Good time. Later. So great stuff from those guys, man. Yeah. Uh, those kids, those 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 kids are good kids. They're yeah. Uh, it's just very funny. Like even when I took their picture after the event, Devin, like. Kylan is serious and Jared is just smiling ear to ear, you know, 
that's just how they are. You know, it's Kylie just has a more serious approach and it works for him, obviously. And, and Jared likes to be a little more loose and uh, it works for him as well. Obviously, he has a great personality and, uh, you know, he, he wants to say hi to Drake before the games and, and then beat Sierra Candy, you know, just that's just his personality. So, uh, yeah, he mentioned John Mobley. That's a great name to mention. And Devin, as we talk about some of the other good players in the event, um, he had a really great tournament. Obviously, Gorman is young this year. Um, he's a 224 shooter. They also have, uh, you know, Richardson, who's uh, Jason Richardson, his son, yeah. Jace Richardson, J-A-S-E, Jace Richardson. Um, he did a good job. But uh, he did. He did. Uh, they didn't have him in the title game, and that might have hurt Gorman a little bit. He got hurt in the semifinal game, or he had to sit out. Uh, John Mobley, like I said, had the 18 points. Ryan Abelman, a, a good lower level prospect and recruit, six-two uh, guard, had 14 points for Bishop Gorman in, in, in their losing effort against Centennial. Uh, Richardson, back to uh, Jace had. 31 in Gorman's uh, first round win over Olympus of Utah. And then uh, John Mobley had 31 in their quarterfinal victory over Centennial. That's the game I mentioned to Jared where he had the six three-pointers in the first half. And then college coaches were like, who is – they'd seen enough, Devin. They didn't want to watch the second half. They are like, I'm going to go watch another game. They'd seen enough. Yeah. They, he's, uh, a, he's a talented scorer. He's a, he's a gifted scorer. Yeah, he's a really great scorer. So on that note, I guess we should talk about some of the other players. Obviously, there's a bunch of – Divisions like eleven divisions. We can't talk about everybody, but I can talk about as much players as uh, as possible. Um, yeah, run, through, run through a list for us. Yeah, let's just go alphabetically by team because yeah. that's how I had it broken down. Um, obviously, I mentioned Derek Sangster. Uh, he's a nice uh, he jump stop shooter, catch and shoot straight away. He shoots really well straight away. Is pretty good mid range games. He kind of moves. He reminds me of of Kendall Brown, who's going to go to. Baylor from Sunrise, that type of player. Player from Beverly Hills High School, Jock Mani. Devin, he's kind of coming on. He averaged 22 points for, for our guy Jarvis. Jarvis Turner over at Beverly Hills High. Portland, Montana, Irvine, UCSB, those type of level schools are on him. Pepperdine watching him. Uh, six foot eight, kind of a four or five man. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Bishop Gorman. They have a lot of good young players. Uh, Darion Williams, the, the senior, didn't play. Uh, he was, but they had Ryder Isales, a guard. Um, he's 224 as well, and they have a 225. Chris Nuuli has a chance to be really good for really good player. He's a 225, six foot seven forward. Uh, again, I'm just going alphabetically by team. Nothing, no, not going in any particular order. This is not the order of how good I thought they performed. Just, just a list. Um, Brophy Prep, who's going to host the Section 7 Finals this upcoming weekend. It's live for another Scholastic weekend, as you know, Devin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Armand Mahdi, the mid-major Mountain West type of prospect. He could shoot it pretty well. He's from Brophy Prep in Phoenix. Uh, Jared McCain mentioned Campolindo. Aiden Mahaney, uh, deceivingly athletic, I think. He just moves well, draws fouls, got to the line. He just knows how to play the game. They also have Logan Roberson, a 223, who did very well. And uh, Kate Bennett, high academic guy. Uh, from Cathedral, I thought Darius Carr played very well. Um, he's picked up some offers. 
Mr. Burnside, 224, I believe, Mr. Burnside. Uh, one, good, of the, strong body. one of the best names in all of high school basketball. Yeah, skill, uh, you know, he's improving his skill level. He's got to get his skill level up. Uh, they also have Damarian Pouncil, who I thought is a lot of long athlete, a lot of potential. Again, he's not a finished product in terms of where he's going to be as a as a player, but he, he's a player to watch in colleges. We're watching him. Um, Oliver Hinder, a kid from Australia, from Corona del Sol in Arizona. I thought he did very well. He's a seven-footer, skinny, but he has a chance, 223. Um, the guy who kind of really came out, and maybe you can touch on him a little bit, Devin, is he's was at Linwood before. He's at Compton High now, wing, 223. Keon Kenzie's very bouncy, long. People are just intrigued by him. He got offers. I I was like, wow. Not because wow is as, as how – of a prospect is it's just that the colleges are so enamored, you know, like right away. And then, you know, it's a, for me, I was like, let it marinate on the barbecue grill for a little while, but Hey, you know, they wanted to, to, uh, you know, they, Hey, they haven't seen players in a year and at what, 16 months, Devin, the year and four months, maybe since March two twenty. So I, I did notice, I want to talk a little bit about that when it comes to section seven was the, uh, just the camaraderie of the guys. It was good to see some coaches that, you know, they were actually very inquisitive. They wanted to know about guys they didn't. They were asking each other questions. They were asking the scouts questions, whether it's myself, Justin Young, Frank Burleson, guys who had seen guys on the West Coast, Greg Rosenberg. You know, just uh, they weren't as close to the vest as maybe as they would be later in the summer. They, they, they had to know who players are. They were asked, talking about them, sharing notes. That was good to see. Obviously, it may not be like that all summer, but the first event out, they, they're trying to get a, a, a feeling of who – who they know and 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 who they they need to watch. So I don't know if you've seen Keon much, but that what did you think about that when you see when you heard that like how much buzz he got and, and like some of the offers he got? Well, it doesn't surprise me about him getting buzz and yeah. coach coaches kind of pulling the trigger early on that um, with yeah. him because like you said, he's a six seven long rangey athlete uh, yeah. who looks who looks the part, correct, and has some some you know forward or wing type skill set with ball skills could shoot a little bit and it's pretty bouncy. So guys like that are going to draw interest. And uh, he didn't play this season in the CIF Southern section because Linwood opted out of the season and he was at Linwood high school and they didn't play it all this year. So Keon Kenzie wasn't able to get any in season recognition. Um, So it's really, I'm I'm glad for him that he was able to to get some looks there and, and get on the court and show everybody that he has, you know, a lot of upside as as a three man uh, at the next level, and yep. kind of back to your point, Ronnie. It was it was 16 months since high uh, college coaches could watch high school players in sure. a live evaluation setting, right? So you expected a lot of offers to pop off uh, yeah. during this type of event because you see these guys and you're like, oh damn, this guy can play, especially West Coast guys because schools. East Coast schools and, and Midwest schools don't really get to see West Coast players with their high school programs, right? It's Correct. more simple if they're playing EYBL uh, at an East Coast event or an event in the South or an event in Indianapolis in the Midwest. That's when these schools get to see these players. Correct. And seeing these players with their high school teams is a different dynamic than it would be with a club team just because there's, there's I guess, maybe better ball movement or more familiarity or more sharing the ball, more realistic – uh, 
you know, basketball concepts being, being displayed sure. um, during these, these high school sanctioned events. And that's kind of why I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of love and a lot of recognition uh, and a lot of offers were given out to these West coast kids running. Yeah, definitely. I just got to kind of rattle off because, you know, we obviously yeah. want to keep it moving and I, I got a lot of names to a lot of teams were there. Braylon Green, kid from Michigan who came over to Coronado in Vegas, 223, 6'3 guard, terrific prospect, probably top 150 prospect, maybe even higher. Um, let's just go down the list here. Sebastian Mack we talked a little bit about. Uh, he played a real smart game against Corona Centennial, hit some big shots. Shane Thomas, his teammate, a lefty, good all-around player. He had a big finish against Centennial, you know, mid-major plus. Sebastian Matt probably tracking up as well. Again, I'm just giving quick snapshots here from my notes. Uh, Fountain Valley, Carter Bryan actually got on the court because he'd missed the season with the high school season as he sat out with some nagging injuries or some leg injuries. from uh, he, But he was able to play. Uh, played well, I thought. He got on the radar of some people. Again, Carter, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, wing forward. Roddy Anderson, some co coaches were very interested in, in him. He's obviously 6'1", 6'2", guard, uh, you know, dominant guard, 222 class, and he's going to get some looks. And, and, and I'm so, I wouldn't be surprised if some people pull the trigger on him sooner if they haven't already. Harvard Westlake, who lost in the regional and then, and then shot right over. People were enamored with Cam Thrower. Shooting it better, I think, now, Devin. I saw them in their regional win over San Joaquin Memorial, but I think people really turned their eyes to him. Landon Lewis is a good good 222 prospect at the lower level. Jacob Huggins as well in, in 23. Uh, Brady Dunlap got a lot of uh, a buzz about, you know, what just at what level he can play mid-major plus high major. He's obviously a high major, but to what level? Uh, he's obviously a great prospect. I think uh, he's... Uh, very, very good in terms of that 223 class, one of the best in the state. Uh, kid who came, really came up, I didn't know much about, from Eastside Catholic, Sammamish, Washington, Jacob Coffey, power forward. He can shoot it a little bit, has a nice stroke, back to the basket. He's a 224-6-9. He's going to be a player to watch in the future. I'm sure we're going to talk about him on this podcast again at some point. Well, hopefully we see him at a tournament or something like that. Intercom, Sacramento, Derek Claxton. Uh, you know, low plus mid, a nice drive. He had nice moves, moves well, good vision. I thought he did good. He's a 222 with good grades. Um, just going down the list here, J. Anthony Bearden, 224 from, from Calise in Arizona. A great defensive player, still not determining, you know, like kind of what level he's on. Miles Bird, who I saw a lot of this, this spring. Uh, Calvin Bird, a McDonald's All-American from Villanova, son. Who plays at Lincoln of Stockton? Good GPA, can play a little on the ball, off the ball. He can shoot it, boy, Devin. He really raised his stock to the level of like now even a Villanova and those level schools are watching. I think before the live period, it was like maybe uh, West Mountain West. His his recruitment is shot up quite a bit. Uh, Modern Day has a new inside man, T Bartlett, two twenty four, big kid. He kind of a Derek Newton's brother. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Max Allen, our guy Max Allen, big, strong kid, kid to watch in the future. Uh, Modesto Christian will be back for the Section 7 finals. 
they got a lot of good young players, Devin. I mean, I could name off a bunch. Jamari Phillips, who's Jaden Phillips' younger brother. He's one of the best 224s on the West Coast, like right at the top with Zion Sansley, Isaiah Ehulim, that, that group. Score, good guard skill. They have a guy who played JV last year, Devin, uh, Bryant Davins. He really made a name for himself in this event. Point guard, um, vision, playmaker. He's a 223, about 6'2". And they have a big, strong inside kid, uh, Manasi Atiti, 6'6", six, six, power forward, strong kid, moves well for his size, scores. Ben uh, Schultzberg and Dusty Stromer, I thought, did a really good job for Notre Dame of Sherman Oaks. They were one of the teams that coaches were really uh, watching closely. Ben was very aggressive, shooting it well, nice stroke, shot maker. He was really hitting on the game I saw on Saturday. Dusty Stromer, athletic. Um, I think Dusty obviously is a higher level as a 223 is a, a higher level recruit, but he did really well this past week. And I, I know his offers are going to go up and they have a guy who came over, I think from Alamany, Dave, Devin, Jaden Harper. Yeah. Jaden is about six, six, maybe six, seven powerful rebound. He's a really good rebounder. Instinctual rebounder. I thought he was playing with Notre Dame. They just got a good team. They're going to be very good. Obviously Koa Pete, the 225. From Perry, Arizona, who had a lot of buzz, got even more offers. We all know about him. He did. He was at the Pangos camp. I'm in the R's now, Devin. Again, I'm just going alphabetically. I'm just trying to this. I'm just trying to give our 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 viewers and listeners as many names as possible. Um, hey, I think. Hey, I think Ryan. I think if if people are still here, they're they're more than happy to keep listening to the names. Yeah, yeah, they want to hear the names. I know some coaches and and some of the the guys who are longtime listeners who listen to the first hundred episodes want to get some of this. Peyton White, uh, Chance Stevens uh, from Riverside Poly. Chance Stevens committed to Rhode Island, Devin. Is that accurate? Yeah, Chance Stevens is committed to Rhode Island. I think he took an official visit there uh, recently. But, yeah, he, he's committed. Um, and then Peyton White, formerly of Corona Centennial, uh, had, a, had a strong high school season for Riverside Poly, too. Yeah, he's good wing, nice body, strokes it pretty well. Uh, you know, maybe sneak into a mid-major, low-major plus. I don't know if you agree with that, Devin, but – uh, moves well, yeah, and played well. Our guy Benny Geeler from Rolling Hills had a couple good games. Again, he's low major. Could I, maybe he thrives at a high D two? Maybe I'm maybe I'm way off. Maybe he's very good, but I think he's on that level. He's very good. High school had a really good season. Uh, St. Mary's of Phoenix, one of the better teams on that in that state. Jason Fetnot is a good mm -hmm. athlete, a player people want to look at. Styles Phipps, 224 point guard, did very well. Garrison Phelps, um, pull-up catch-and-shoot guy. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, St. John Bosco was in the regional. They won the region, but they sent their um, lower-level guys, and they're going to be a team to be to watch. LZ Harrington, Devin, that's a name you're going to be talking about for a long time on this pod and a lot of our stories and a lot of our – and analyzations going forward, 225, kind of a combo point guard, maybe 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he can be very good. He I, At the end of the day, he'll be up there with like the co Pete's of the 225s. Obviously, we don't know what the rest of the country has in store yet for 225, but those guys are, are worth watching. Uh, St. Bernard's won their division, one of the top three divisions. Again, there wasn't officially like uh, silver, bronze, gold, but I kind of broke it out. 
by these are the two top three divisions. Obviously, Centennial won the top one. Saints won the second one. And St. Bernard beat Desert Vista 69-59 in the third, what I would call the third division. Uh, JQ Strong, you know, uh, shot it pretty well. Uh, did a very good job. I thought Tyler Rollison is, you know, just a, a bucket getter. We know all about Tyler Rollison. Mid-major plus, maybe with some upside, Devin. I, I think that where he beat Jason Hart Jr. was playing for them. Jason Hart Jr. obviously wasn't with that team last year. And they have a, a Darren Mitchell's a well-known player. And they won their division, so they obviously played pretty good. I didn't see them all. They obviously didn't get to see more than about one game, but they did well. Um, rounding out some of the guys in the at this event, Thunder Ridge from Colorado. Had a Andrew Crawford, good prospect, 224. Again, sticking with that younger theme. Um, good decision-making, but he's going to be a good prospect down the line. Rounding out the last two teams, Vanden, Takai, Emerson, Hardy, Vanden up north. True four, uh, you know, maybe Big West type, Devin. Very good player. Young player, Tyler Thompson. Uh, good passing. He hit a deep shot that I saw that I really turned my eyes. He's working on his overall skill level, but Tyler's about a 6'4", small forward at Bandon up by Travis Air Force Base in Northern California. And then West Ranch, again, sticking with the young guys. James Evans, just a monster high school player. Bit of a maybe four. He's obviously got to work on his wing skills, but at this level, he's just a powerful player. Uh, Bryce Cofield. Uh, 225 did and he obviously his brother played for West Branch and for previously for Birmingham um, contact guy creates contact Andrew Meadow who's got probably one of the best motors of any player in this event and in Southern California Andrew Meadows 223 uh, just that's all I could say about him is motor you know he's just so strong those are West Ranch just has a really strong physically strong player so that's kind of rounds up i'll see more of the teams that didn't i didn't get to see that weekend i'll see them this upcoming weekend and there's about seven new teams that will be there that weren't there previously reared in i think colonies going um rebay is going to be there that second weekend san joaquin memorial central catholic of oregon and rolling rolling hills prep uh things coming back for a second second dip Got you, got you. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good names there, Ronnie, and a lot of guys that that we've known about in Southern California for a while now that are getting some recognition, some some pub that that they wouldn't normally get, which which is great. Yeah, um, that's what's great about the Scholastic period. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, real quick, Ronnie, before we log off for this episode, let, let's go through and kind of recognize the regional champions from the various divisions. Sure. Obviously, Etiwanda. And I got to correct myself because the score, the final score of that game was 68-65, not 65-62. I don't know why that was stuck in my head like that, but it was. Yeah. Um, it was a three-point yeah. game, basically. Yeah, so they're kind of tied up on the last possession. Correct. Yeah, yeah so 68-65 at a Wanda win. Shout out to Coach Dave Kleckner and his, his first regional title. Um, he's probably already back in, in Chicago uh, hanging out at, you know, Wrigley Field, hanging, watching watching baseball games right now, as he does every summer. Um, but then, like you said, Division One AA, St. John Bosco defeated Rebay Academy 70-68. to In Division Two AA, 
uh, or 1A, excuse me, 1A would be um, Santa Fe Christian defeated uh, Capistrano Valley. Shout out to Hayden Gray, uh, point guard for Santa Fe Christian. He was named uh, CIF uh, San Diego section, you know, uh, first team, all San Diego section. So he had a great year. Um, Santa Margarita beat Crean Lutheran uh, 66-53 in Division II AA. Our guy Jake Lozona, who was a guest on our show, Ronnie, uh, during the pandemic, zero points. Zero points, 14 assists for our guy, Jake Blazon. Wow, that's, that's true uh, distributing. True point guard, true, point guard, true, true distributors. So uh, hats, hats off to, to Jake there. Uh, in Division 2A, Modern Day Catholic defeated Central, I believe that's a Fresno. Yeah. Um, 67 to 50. Uh, Melo Sanchez, he's going to reclassify Ronnie and go to Veritas for a year. Uh, but he's a potential... High D, high D two, low D one player after his reclass year. I like Melo Sanchez. Yeah, he had a great, he had a great season. Um, Division three, double I'll, I'll stop after Division four, uh, double Ronnie. But Division three, double A's Aquinas from San Bernardino, small school out in San Bernardino, beat La Costa Canyon. Uh, Twenty two and one, great season yeah. they had. Yeah, of Carlsbad, um, fifty seven to forty one, and Aquinas has a couple good players, uh, Nick Hopkins, and um, uh, point guard. Um, his oh Sheldon Grant, Sheldon Grant. His name was slipping me for a second, but Sheldon Grant played for IEBP. Both really good players. And then four double A Ronnie, our guy Terry Tucker down in San Isidro. Uh, no Mikey, no Mikey, no Jurian Dixon. He uh, uh, San Isidro beat Linfield Christian seventy three to seventy one in the four double A SoCal Regional uh, Championship game. So shout out to those guys and, and shout out to those teams for you know um, you know sticking with just the, the oddities and the, the weirdness of this, this season and, and uh, persevering through all that stuff. So it was good to see, you know, a few regional titles crowned uh, last weekend. Oh yeah. Those are uh, shout out to all those teams that won the regionals. Obviously the North didn't get a chance, but glad the South got a chance and been a little bit of relief. Got to get all the end of the year honors out there, Devin, the final rankings. Um, obviously we went over the state rankings uh, earlier in the show. And, you know, Centennial comes in at 22 in the final fab, 50, 21, and 2. Uh, Etiwanda jumps in again after falling out to the first loss of Sierra Canyon. So they're at number 30, 14, and 2. They finish their season. Torrey Pines a couple spots behind. They fall to 32, 30, and 1. They were, you know, trying to put themselves in there with the Bill Waltons and some of the other Helix teams and some of the other all-time greats, 30, and 1. And then the fourth team, we kept Sierra Canyon in there. You know, they 16 and 2. They did have a good season at number 40. So shout out to all the teams uh, across the country that had a good season. And as we as we close the season out, I'm sure we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We'll wrap that up in another uh pod, uh Ballseye Podcast Network show. We'll talk about the end of the season, the national teams, and talk about the Fab 50 national champions. It's it's been one hell of a uh, one hell of a season. It's late June. And I want to give a shout out to Matt King and all the other people that produced and put together the section seven at state farm arena. I mean, what a venue, what a big, you know, 12, 11 divisions, over 190 teams. It kept it well, well going well smooth. Obviously you had some overtime games. So some games ran late, but that, that I mean, those are small little things. The coaches got a lot out of it. They're going to go back to the section set seven finals this week. It's going to be at Rofi prep. A lot of the champions in those 11 divisions are back, along with those teams that I mentioned, San Joaquin Memorial, Coronado, Corona Centennial. It's going back. 
Campolindo, Gorman, Reardon, Sarah, Harvard Westlake. A bunch of teams will be back. So we'll be able to talk a lot a little more. I'm going to focus on the teams that I didn't see as much. And then we'll uh, wrap it up on our next In the Paint show. With you know, We'll break down kind of what the scholastic period meant. And then like uh, we'll, we'll break down maybe what's going to happen in the future a little bit. We'll, we'll save that for the next pod, though. Yeah, it's been a crazy year, and we appreciate you guys sticking with us and hanging with us during this time, uh, tuning into you know the In the Paint show or, or On the Rise, our, our new show where we break down prospects on an individual basis. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of the In the Paint show, episode number 100. We reached the century mark, and like Ronnie said, we've had some great guests over the over the last couple of years that we've been doing this, and we're very uh, grateful. Yeah, yeah go, head to uh, uh, Balls Life Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, all the shows will be there so you guys can listen back to whichever ones you want to listen to. Check out the, the titles, the headlines, the descriptions. It tells you everything you need to know about what we're talking about in each show. Uh, but, Ronnie, until the next episode, which will be number 101 of the In the Paint Show, we are going to sign off.